we are bringing Deep in the Pocket podcast back from our home, quarantine edition. We have Aaron Arnstein, me, the staff reporter, editor-in-chief Matt Steinsaltz, sports editor Andrew Schinkel, and staff reporter Joseph Laverde. So let's get started. So first up, we've been without sports for nearly one and a half months now, and the financial impact continues to grow larger and larger. Just uh, last week, the MLB announced that clubs will be able to furlough employees or reduce their pay starting at the beginning of May, and the NHL and NBA teams have already done the same, furloughing many of their game day employees who rely on these paychecks, paycheck to paycheck. So what do you guys think about this whole situation, and is there a right way to go about paying the game day employees? Um, uh, I think so far what they've done is um, what I would have done. They've tried their best to pay everyone. Um, players have chipped in. I know I, I saw, you know, in the last couple of days, I've seen a growing list. I think it's up to around 20 teams now that are committed to paying their employees through the end of um, May. So that's a good sign. And hopefully by then we have an idea when baseball comes back. I mean, I. Andrew, your thoughts? Shank? I thought you were talking. Oh, uh, no. Oh, I, said your thoughts. I didn't hear you. Oh, I think that what they're doing right now is pretty much really what they can only do. Like, I mean, I think that they have to make the decision now for their paychecks because, I mean, keeping people in the dark about where their money is going to be isn't a very good idea so that they have to decide if they're going to be paying their employees or not now as opposed to, like, weeks or months in the future. So, I mean, for the clubs who are choosing to pay their employees, I think that's good for the employees because they get a source of money during this uncertain time during the pandemic. So I think that what they're doing is a good decision. Yeah, I think it's a little easier for the uh, large market teams to pay their employees at this time. But uh, for a small market team, like let's say the Milwaukee Brewers, it's definitely tough uh, not having that source of revenue and now trying to pay their employees uh, each week. Okay, so the next thing, uh, Matt, is for you. With the NFL draft starting just tomorrow and with reported problems already about the virtual mock draft that took place a few days ago, do you think that the draft itself will run smoothly? And what adjustments will the general managers have to make uh, while drafting from a different setting? I think that this whole technical difficulty stuff, it's all baloney. It's nonsense. It's tampering from the GMs. And, you know, because they haven't been properly able to vet their prospects, which is, again, nonsense. You, you, my point is, it's 2020. Every other company in America has figured out a way to, to move on and work from home. And the NFL can, too. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation. They they did a drive they did a test run on Monday. There was one technical difficulty with the first pick, and from what I saw after that, everything ran smoothly. There's still plenty of time for um, for them to vet prospects. They have the same amount of time for each pick. It's not like we're acting like every every year the draft is held in one big conference room, and they are every GM and every team is sitting there. No, they do it from their own war rooms calling teams up so it's like i feel like this is no different and um i expect i fully expect the draft to run smoothly so you wouldn't expect there to be any communication issues with the uh with the general managers and coaches running stuff from their homes i I really don't like and 
if there is, like the NFL has put in the system where there's three different ways you can call in your pick. And if that doesn't work, you can, they will uh, grant you like a stop of the clock and until everything's fixed, say like your Wi-Fi goes out or something. But I mean, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation. I think they could figure out how to run a con- pretty much a conference call with 30 people or 32 people. Like, I, I just think it'll be fine. And it's just all being overgrown. Yep, definitely should be interesting to uh, see how the real draft goes. Okay, so I'm not sure if we have yeah, right here. Line, but if we do, okay, cool. So I have a question about soccer with our soccer expert, Joe. <laughs> so the UEFA, uh, UEFA hopes to complete the Champions League and the Europa League uh, late in the summer around August. Do you think that this is still um, a possibility? Uh, I think there is a chance that it could happen. I know that the Belgian League uh, was going to cancel the rest of its season because they had like one game left. And UEFA was kind of like, you shouldn't do that. They're kind of setting a hard deadline of like, you should probably start up your leagues again by, I think, July 1st. So I think everything should be fine back by then. I, I think it is possible, but they had to postpone the Euros. Uh, that's going to be next year, um, mm-hmm. which I think is the right decision because you don't want to have a math- mass gathering in the middle of like July when you're not sure if everything's going to be okay. And I know that they've attributed both uh, a couple of Champions League games to this. Uh, the Atalanta-Valencia game was kind of known as, like, the game of death because it apparently spread around both Spain and Italy partially due to that. But uh, I think they can do it. I'm not sure if they will be able to, but it seems like the right decision heading forward. Mm-hmm. And do you see the uh, Euros uh, happening next year interfering with the Olympics um, at all? Probably. Um with definitely with um, the Olympic soccer rules is that you can only have like three players over 21 in the team. It's all about like youth for the men, men's side, not, not about the women. The women can have anybody, but the men is more uh, younger players. I think it's under 23, not under 21. So I think it might affect it, but I don't think it's going to really mess with the Euros because there's only like a couple European teams in the uh, Olympic tournament anyways, like Germany. I think it was Germany and, like, France at the 2016 Olympics. So I don't think it's really going to affect much. And they still have to finish qualifying for it anyways, which is going to be in, like, uh, I think October. So I think they should be able to hold it uh, fine. I think the main problem is that it's not in one concentrated host country. They're holding it in, like, Azerbaijan, England, Scotland, France, it's all over the continent instead of one country. Oh, that should be interesting. Did not know about that. So now we're going to move on to the baseball side and Andrew, our baseball expert. So with the delay to baseball's regular season, uh, how many games do you think are still going to be able to realistically be played? And do you see increased competition from teams that aren't as good with the shorter schedule? So I think that, with how we stand right now, the MLB season could probably be a span of about 80 games. I wouldn't really see anything longer than 80 games because if we if we see social distancing guidelines and uh, quarantine legislations start to be eased up around the midsummer months, then we could see a season possibly starting in June and going to November. So. That would be about three months of the regular season that would not be able to happen. So I think that 80 games is a nice mark for the league to shoot for during this time. So I think that 
with an 80-game schedule that a lot of teams are definitely going to be more competitive. They're going to be more motivated to perform well with teams such as even like the Baltimore Orioles or the Tigers, who are obviously not front runners for the postseason. I think that this, if they have a chance for the next five years, it's right now. So they'll, they'll want to play well. Yeah, it definitely should be interesting with uh, some of the teams like the Dodgers, one of the favorites in the NL. Uh, they're definitely going to have increased competition now if we end up having a shorter season, which it surely looks like there will be. And um, it definitely should be interesting around all sports, but especially baseball with them not having started their season yet. So now moving on to the NBA and NHL, which have already completed most of the regular seasons. Do you guys think that at this point we're going to go straight to the playoffs in the NBA or N- NHL or uh, play out I, the regular season? I think season? it's definitely possible. Like with hockey especially, they only have like one – I think they had like two more weeks of the regular season left, so not much. So I don't think – they're going to have to tune up like practice anyways. And I know that there's a problem with like the players in like Sweden and Finland if they're quarantining there. They have access to the rinks and the North Americans can't. So I think there's a problem with that and kind of practicing in general because they can't really play. So there would probably have to do like some sort of regular season, like maybe two or three games. But this, the regular season is pretty much almost over anyway. So I think we could definitely see a scenario where they just hop right into the playoffs. I'm becoming increasingly skeptical of both leagues coming back. Because at this point, I mean, when can we feasibly think we're going to come back? Like the end of May at the earliest and, you know, so if you're going to do a full playoffs, you you don't want to jeopardize next season. Especially the NHL. They start mm-hmm. they start early October, right? So if you want to give the players a proper offseason, then we're going to cut in the next offseason or next season we might start in December or something. And so I just don't know if it's going to be possible for them to restart. And I become skeptical each day. Although I will say with the NBA, they might want to cut back in the next season because, I you know, I – a couple months ago, I saw reports they they would like to start their season beginning in December, kind of pick, like around Christmas time to pick up some buzz, as opposed to right in the middle of like November, October, and kind of right in the middle of uh, NFL season. So, if that's something they want to explore, then cutting the next season, you know, that could be an option, pushing back the start to like December. Yeah, it definitely should be interesting um, with teams in both the NBA and NHL still in playoff contention. Like in the NHL, they have uh, all teams have about eight to 10 games left and there's teams that are tied for a playoff spot, but they played one or two less games. So that whole scenario should be interesting um, if they have a wider playoff bracket and what they do for the playoff scenarios. So lastly, do you guys think that we will be able to attend sporting events by the fall and not just be playing in empty stadiums? And also, do you think college football, the start of their season, is in jeopardy as well? Uh, I don't think, at least in the beginning, like September, I just don't think we're going to have fans in stadiums, especially because it's up to the states, and I just don't know if you're going to get all 50 states to have uh, fans in their stadiums. Like, I know Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is skeptical of fans until 2021. Now, I think that's a little far-fetched, but I think the point is I just don't know if you're going to be able to get uh, all the states with pro teams that have fans in. So, and I, in with regards to college football, I I still think it's too far out to tell. They def I don't think they'll be with playing with fans, which kind of sucks. You know, me like me and you, Aaron, being 
um, freshman next year. We won't be able to experience that, but you know, yeah, yeah, that's what I have on college football. So I, uh, I you can go, you go. Okay, so um, I mean, I think that there's going to be an issue. Like, I don't think we'll be able to go back there until like August, not not August, October, November. I think like by the fall, everything mid fall, like as previously mentioned, October, everything should be fine. Because I think it, like Matt said, it all depends on the states. But I think by October, we should be able to see fans in arenas again. And, I, and that definitely will affect college football because the teams can't practice. Recruiting's kind of been thrown off a cliff because they can't go out and talk to the recruits. They'll have to do it like they have to do it virtually, and you're not sure how they're going to get there, uh, get to the colleges at this time because all campuses pretty much around this country are closed. So I'd say that there's going to be a while until we can go back into stadiums and see fans in the arenas again. I, I think there's definitely going to be sports before that but they're going to want to take their time and make sure that every state is open by that. Yeah. I just don't know if we're going to, like, I think sports will start on time. I think fall sports will start on time. I'm confident in that. I think they're going to, I just think they're going to start without fans. I think we could see potentially mid October, November, maybe half capacity uh, stadiums becoming a thing. I just don't know if you're going to jam a hundred thousand people into a college football stadium. I just don't know if that is something they're going to want to push uh, at that time. Yeah, especially for some of those uh, colleges down south that have mainly rely on revenue from college football, like Alabama, Georgia, places like that. Um, it definitely should be interesting to see what goes on with college football and if they're able to start uh, by September. That's all the time we have for today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this COVID-19's impact on sports podcast with Deep in the Podcast. We will continue to bring you information about the latest news on COVID-19 and its impact on around the world. On Voyager, go to voyager-online.com to read more articles and listen to more podcasts that we are distributing. I'm Aaron Arnstein. I'm Matt Steinsaltz. I'm Andrew Schenkel. Oh, and I'm Joseph Laverde. And we'll see you here next time on Deep in the Podcast. Have a good day. <laughs>